Married to who? Welcome to Married to Who, a podcast where a couple of couples watch Doc 2 for the very first time. With me are those couples, Cody, Sam, Jill, and Alex. Before I said with me, I forgot to say, my name's Jake. <laughs> and Terry's here too. Yeah. <laughs> this week we're here to talk about the, uh, what's this episode called? Centaurin. <laughs> the War of the huh. Centaurans? Yes. Now that I think about it, I never look at the title ever. Just, you know, content. Hot. G- uh, go on. This week we're going to talk about <laughs> War of the Centaurans, written by Chris Chimnall, directed by Jamie Magnus Stone, aired November 7th, 2021. Cody. Jake. What you think, man? This is the best episode of Doctor Who I've ever seen. <laughs> Two in a row. Killing it. Uh, Sam? Jake. Yeah. Look at me. Jake. I can't. Jake. We're That's not my in the gig. same Jake. place. This episode was amazing. Love it. <laughs> it is so good. I'm on board. Now look at me. Jake, Look at, stop looking at her. <laughs> Look at me. I can't I can't look at either Jake, of you. Look at both of us. <laughs> look at each other. I, I we're in we're two different floors of the floors. house. <laughs> well, just look up. Uh, and look down. Okay, Sam, look at me through the floor. Okay, stop it. What do you think? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the two storylines mixed together very well. Like the editing was great. Again, costumes were wonderful, and the introduction to new characters and how they're now what um, did you think? Storylines. Explain the episode. They're just so good. I'm <laughs> sorry, like, Terry? but that's what I think. It's just. Did you like? Did you like the episode? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no question. I really liked it a lot. Again, super good. Liked everything about it that I can think of right now. Really enjoyed it. Alex, it's it's like that. I don't know what the meme's called, but it's like that captain who just goes, "Yes, yes." That's 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 me inside watching these episodes. That's M Bison, by the way. M Bison, there you go. Oh, that captain. Is it a captain? I don't know what the he, show no, is. No, he's not or... a guy. He's just a big you bad evil what, guy. Street you don't know Fighter. what uh, Street Fighter is. I know what Street Fighter is. I don't know any of the characters or storylines or who anyone is. You should watch the Street Fighter movie. It's terrible. Slightly <laughs> un-American. <laughs> Raul Julia as M. Bison is the best. Yes! <laughs> I think we should skip the Jake part of this, this week's. No, I feel like it's going to be better because this was less Jake. No, this still Can seems... Can we do a guess? Anti- this seems anti-Jake. No, like, I think Jake liked it. 
Since no, we don't have games, a... can we do a what we think Jake would rate it? Ooh. Yes, use you start. Okay. All right. Can we use the neither the time nor the space? Because that's the best. No. Sure. Okay. We're using their rating. TM, sorry. We'll give you our uh, money for using it. We'll give you 100% of the money we make from this Absolutely. episode. Absolutely. 100% <laughs> profit goes to them for their rating. I think Jake says, good with bad bits. I think just good episode. I'm I'm being positive here. Optimistic. You think Jake says good episode? I think yeah. Jake says the same shit he said last week. Or it's not quite there, but he thinks it will get there. Verbatim. Well, this episode wasn't a whole bunch of parts. It, it yeah. seemed like a like a contained story within itself. Yeah, so I like think it he likes it better than last before. week. So do you think he thinks it's a good episode? Uh, yeah. No emotional connection. <laughs> <laughs> but he, but he loves, he loves the Centaurans. I, I feel so. Like <laughs> how hard? Oh no! <laughs> hey, no input, Jake. <laughs> Terry, any guesses? I'm gonna say he liked it with uh one repeat of like what a doctor who thing always seems to do so that's like the one negative thing to it an eight out of ten <laughs> terry does not listen to neither the time nor nope. the space you know how we've never give given numbered ratings of episodes <laughs> <laughs> okay Jake. Uh, yeah i liked it good episode yeah oh. bam i do so like when I was re when I was editing last week's podcast, like Alex was kind of misinterpreting what I was saying about the last episode. Whether it's serialized or anything has nothing to do with it. What I was saying was that they were purposely putting in things that didn't have anything to do with the episode that was airing at the time, and this Centauran story fully like vindicates what I said because that Centauran scene in the previous episode did nothing to interact with the episode it aired in, i.e. last week's episode, and it had nothing to do with this week's episode. It was just a trailer saying, hey, stay tuned, there's going to be some Tarns. Yeah. And that's great for me. I like some Tarns, so I was excited. But it, as an episode of television, that's not a good story. Just putting something in that says, hey, later there's going to be Centaurans. Especially if you're trying to reach a new audience who don't know what a fucking Centauran is. Yeah, and oh. that's what they I meant, is learn. that it, it was a trailer, whereas this was an actual story. Right, but last week you were kind of stuck in the weeds about serialized versus unserialized, which isn't what I meant. Yeah, but it but it's still kind of serialized, like it's... Right, but I don't care yeah. if it is or isn't. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't my point, yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah. You can hear all this in last week's episode. <laughs> anyway, I dug it. It had... It's it's funny. It seems like Chibnall's finally able to tell a big enough story to warrant having a bigger TARDIS team, but he has now lost some of his TARDIS team, so he's had to create some characters to make his TARDIS <laughs> team bigger again. So we have Mary Seacole, who's a great character and a great woman of history, um, sitting on a hill. It's a history lesson. I love it. <laughs> so I good. really love no, that. I, yes. I know, but it, and and that's what Chibnall's been doing his whole three season run so far. Is he he likes to grab 
um, particularly women from history, and have the doctor kind of sidle up with them while the other companions run around. Love it. More. Yeah. Am I the only one who has no idea who Mary Sequel is? She was no. the first nurse practitioner. Week. Oh, that's no right. Idea. Yeah, I remember Jake saying that. I had no idea who she was, and at the beginning of the episode, I made a note, and I was like, I should go look her up. And then by the end, I'm like, I feel like I know what she did now. I don't think I need <laughs> I to Google enough. her. <laughs> I... Brit- British hotel, Jamaican lady, nurse, got it. Quarter Stop in the, the jar for I almost <laughs> looked it up. She she saved the good guys and the bad guys. She's a great person. That's all I need to know. Yeah. Also, this will make... I'm an idiot when it comes to history. Didn't know about this war. Had no idea about it. Like Crimea. Uh, no, why would you? I've heard of the Crimea- Crimean War, but... I didn't know who was in it or anything. Not the Russians. Uh, the Centaurans and the British. <laughs> right, yeah. We, yeah, yeah, that's what we learned. I don't even know all the U.S. wars. I can't keep track of anyone else's. Same. It's same, right? Um, there's the one where we killed everyone that lived here. There's the one who killed everyone where we used to live. And then there's the one where uh, we killed each other. <laughs> there's one where we that went to a up. place where we didn't belong. <laughs> killed people for oh, oil wait, that's yeah. all of them yeah <laughs> the oil Sorry. war of forever Our, uh thank you veterans oh, yeah. tomorrow yeah there's everything since 1988 where we're just in the desert Ta-da! hold on to your pants canada you're next anyway <laughs> i had three pages of handwritten notes that i made the second time i watched this episode and they are at my parents' house. Oh, no. So, How does this happen to you all the time? You I don't do know. do that a lot. I took my dog, or I'm watching my parents' dog right now. So I took her over there so she could just, like, have a couple hours by herself to chill because she gets a little antsy when she's here at my house. And so I watched the episode, took some notes, sat in the hot tub with a glass of wine, had a fun little day, and then uh, just left. <laughs> just left everything exactly where I was when I wrote them. Somebody was a little bit too relaxed. We need some more anxiety. Yeah. But then I went to the store, not realizing that while I was sitting in the hot tub, it was pouring rain. And so my hair was insane. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Hot tub in the pouring rain. It sounds legit great. Not gonna lie. It was great. Stuff. Stuff. Centaurin Ho. Centaurin Ho. So, or Suntar and Ha. So, like, it's Suntar and Ha if you're, like, vibin', but it's Suntar and Ho if you're absolutely not vibin'. Do they vibe? Yeah, they were vibin'. They Every time vibe they're talking they about war, they're, like, vibin' the whole, like, Suntar and shaft. But when or they're when talking they get to ride about... a horse. Yeah, riding horses, yep. That is literally my first note. Suntaran on horse, finger emoji thing with the closed circle, thumb, and pointer. Like the okay? (laughs) Yeah, that one. was so good. And then the fact that he, like, references it later, loved it. Because is is there a previous episode with a horse and a centauran? Yeah? I think there's an episode in the 70s where it's like, you would expect there to be a centauran on the horse, and there wasn't, and fans have always been like, I want a centauran on a horse. I thought, okay, what episode did I say? The one where they're on the carriage? I thought he rode a horse in that one for some reason. Nah. No, I think he was leading the carriage. Like, he was sitting on the carriage, but he had the... Before you want to give your 
your uh, reading of the title of that episode she's talking about? Uh, I don't even fucking know, man. It starts with the word crimson. Ah, the crimson aura! (laughs) (laughs) Really? That was that one, huh? Yeah. Oh, that's right, because they they all get turned into, like, statues or whatever. It's not the only one. I think he did it in the snowman. The Grimsy. He drives the cart. That's his job. Yep, that's right. And he brings people back from the dead, lol. (laughs) And he, that actor was in this one. Um, I think he was the Centauran who was in the hotel. The British hotel. The British hotel. Dan Starkey. Yeah. Um, the one who was killed. Uh, so he was the Centauran Ho guy. Yeah, well, the Centauran Ho guy was the guy that shot him. Well, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just wanted before I let you guys keep going. The the Centaurans are different, but they're they're kind of a, like leaning back towards where they were like in the seventies and eighties. But they are leaving in like they didn't go they didn't pull it back so far. They are leaving in just enough of the humor of the Centaur because the Centaurans are just naturally funny because of how warmongering like, steadfast they are. they are yeah so they're they're originally like an like a send up of colonialism as is every piece of art that comes out of the UK <laughs> and so you know they're just like everything I touch is mine I will see you in the field of battle like blah 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 and that's just funny. The very first Centaurin um, got a shout out in this. So when they refer to the great General Lynx, that's from the very first Centaurin story, which is a third Doctor story, which we'll get to someday. <laughs> I can't remember anything about the Centaurins from previous episodes except their, you know, potatoiness. But I really liked learning more about them. Like, we learned a lot about their qualities and their traits and their characteristics. And yeah, basically that they're funny war monsters, but that they like can heal themselves and their, you know, sleeping pattern and like how they operate, how they... Were they healing themselves? She, he was just bandaging, he was just like taking care of himself, like field dressing and stuff like that. Like he wasn't like uh, doing any Harry Potter spells yeah. to remove his bones or I anything like that. I thought she said that they healed themselves <laughs> Um, he just, or Mary Seacomb said that about the Centaurin that was in the hotel, just saying he's healing himself, meaning that he was like doing his own bandages and stuff. Gotcha. I've listened to a couple Doctor Who podcasts because we're recording this on Wednesday night. The episode came out Sunday night, so some podcasts have come out. But uh, the one problem all the the old Doctor Who fans have is the the seven and a half minutes every 27 hours resting thing. Cause that that's new. They just added that. It do, it makes no sense. Sometimes you got to spice up the soup, man. <laughs> it doesn't make sense that they all do it at the same yeah, time. <laughs> it makes no sense. They're supposed to be good at war. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But what about, what about the little port on the back of their neck? Why didn't they get rid of that? Sometimes you just gotta, you gotta have a port. Because that's the comedy gold. 
<laughs> it's pretty much the comedy gold. You lose that, you lose everything that it is about what yeah. makes the satire funny. If there's no porch, then there's no Dan with a walk for half of the episode. <laughs> and also, they're supposed to be like these big, strong, war-driven creatures, and they can just be knocked out. It's hilarious. But at least, at least what this attempted to do, even if it's kind of bullshit, is give a reason for that vent, because they haven't really ever done that before. They just always say, oh, there's a vent in the back of their armor, and you hit it and they go down. At least this is like, they can't breathe on Earth for very long. It's not their native atmosphere, so they need their suit to sustain themselves, and that vent is how they refill their shit. So it knocking them out doesn't get explained yeah. that makes sense but at least they're attempting to explain why it exists yeah the doctor just slingshotting it's cheesy well, tenant hit it with a tennis ball it's oh man great. and then Don donna when she got him when she was up on this entire ship and she goes back of the neck and then immediately <laughs> starts crying because she's so scared <laughs> she had to have that that one moment to brag I was like, she wasn't crying for a moment. Poor Donna. Just a moment. Pretty sure so, that episode doesn't exist. Um, what do you all think are the odds that Vinder and Yaz make out before the end of the season? One hundred sure. thousand percent. <laughs> no, they already did. Definitely. No, they're one of them is already dead. I think. So I think I'm like this is leaning that way too. Uh, I don't think you're not going to. Yaz soon. has plot armor, the thickest plot armor in the um, game. Yaz is definitely in the specials that are coming they're, out next year. They're going to pull a Clara and Killer, be dead, but, but not, not dead. Oh, well, they are on the planet of time. Maybe she'll become yeah. like a, like an unkillable or whatever. Well, oh, did pull any a Rose watch. <laughs> yeah. Did any of you. I know. Me and Alex and Jill and Terry all watched this together, but Cody, Sam, did you watch the Next Time trailer at all? No. Because of whatever Swarm did to her in this one when he snaps his fingers at the end, the big cliffhanger, it seems like she's like quantum leaping into somebody's body. Oh, we didn't have a Next Time, I don't think, on ours. It didn't, no. It just went into yeah. credits. Well, yeah, you just bought the season on Amazon, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't think it would. So yeah, it's possible that like whatever she's doing, at least for the rest of the season or a big chunk of it, she's just kind of like ephemeral or not really there. Uh, she was always mm. kind of ephemeral. Yeah. Yeah, but then she got good. She did get good and win <laughs> in this season. <laughs> this she in last episode. Jake, she got Dan out of that cage. This episode. Hey, man, no, if no. she didn't get Dan out of the cage, we would have got none of the walk action, none of the Dan's parents <laughs> action. I think Yaz has had more, um, uh, what's the word, like self-reliance in these uh, two episodes than we've seen in any of her seasons. Yeah. Well, I don't know about that. I think we got a little bit of it last season. But... The, it seems like every time she's getting independence, it's forced upon her. Where I get, like last season in that one with where like the birds ate all the plastic, whatever the hell, Praxius. At least she was like, no, I'm going to stay here and investigate. And then she knew she was using a transporter to like go to a different place. 
And she was kind of on her own the whole time. But she, like, really stepped into it this episode. Like, on her hand, it was, what would the doctor do? Yeah, that's pretty dumb. (laughs) It was dumb. But (laughs) she was, I think it was to show that she is trying to be the doctor. She's like. Yeah, but I mean, other companions have done that. And you don't have to, and I'm talking specifically to Chris Chibnall, you don't have to expressly show the audience that that's what's going through her mind. Like, you can have her just, like, pause and then look up and smile and say, yes, I am here to fix it, just like she ended up doing. Why can't some people have a mantra? It's fine, Jake. Just just <laughs> let people do their thing. <laughs> it's exactly the same thing Swarm did when he got there. He was like, yes, I am here to fix it. That's why we came. Or Azur said it. And it's just like... Yeah, we get what they're doing. They're lying. <laughs> like, it's a, We understand lies. <laughs> so she implies that she's been doing a lot of this on her own, though, by the like GPS compass. She's like, I need a GPS com- compass. This happens more than you think. Where she just ends up somewhere totally different, um, not knowing what time she's in or place she's in. So I think she's been independent and doing a lot on her own. Yeah, but I think that's um, kind of a follow-up from last week's joke, where like the doctor's just like, all right, synchronized watches. Never mind, I don't have a watch. Okay, see you later. It just leaves. So this is kind of just like another, like, I'm constantly left on my own with no clue what the hell's going on. And that's just like uh, all companions. And it's just kind of like uh, saying it out loud sometimes is something the writers like to do for jokes. I did really like the idea that they were disappearing and not knowing what was happening to them. It's like, what the hell? We just got these people and then they're gone. So, but I liked how they used that to separate the team up so you can have these different adventures going on. Cold opening was also, I really liked it was like the black and white of the doctor. And then it's the house in the background. What was that? Where Claire's going, I'm assuming, right? That was the spoopy house that Claire was, like, getting drawn into. So the doctor's, like, called to that but can't quite reach it and then gets pulled to this. Did that, did it look like that house she was sucked into? I didn't catch that. Oh, uh, that was Die that got sucked to that house, oh, not shoot. Claire. Oh, Die. I was trying to figure Sorry. out, I'm sitting yeah. here just destroying Wait, the hamster Claire? in my brain. Claire got weeping angels. Oh. <laughs> okay, die. The die house. Yeah, I didn't put that together. Yeah, I didn't... Um, I intended on going back and looking at what that house looked like, because I knew that was like a possibility, but I didn't. But I'll take your word for it. I just kind of assumed. It made this, sense to me, so I went with it. Like, this is Doctor Who, so I'm so conditioned against looking for like things matching different episodes it's just always taken care of in one episode and you don't see a recursion outside of like a statement or a character guess you guys quick question do you guys think we're gonna see the master in this season no i think swarm's the master swarm is no no is quite powerful i hmm that's a good question. 
I would say no. He'd probably show up in yeah. like one of the specials. But that's kind of where I'm leaning. I thought for sure going into the season we we're going to see him, but after these first two, I'm thinking maybe they're saving the conclusion of that story for the specials. You don't think that they would do another thing like Missy, where it's like Claire is the master, or like someone that we meet right. but don't no. know. I'm trying to think back to last season. Did they show anything with the master with? All of the division stuff, or was that separate? No. Someone was... explain the division to me. I'm an idiot. I still <laughs> don't understand what's happening. Okay, so in the Doctor's past, around the time when the the Time Lords like all became Time Lords, like when they learned to regenerate off of the Doctor, they created this group called the division which is kind of like a secret cia type military group the doctor was a part of it so it was made of time lords that's what i thought but apparently carvanisa was in it too so we'll find out more later okay but ruth doctor got out and they were hunting her down that's why she was on earth pretending to be human oh. and that's mostly all we know Except for the the memory that the doctor had of being an Irish man <laughs> in <laughs> that Brandon story, um, that was all about the division. Yeah. So we also know that the division had conquered or defeated Swarm at one point and Azure and imprisoned them. And that's yeah. that's in this season. So Or imprisoned Swarm. Azure seems to have gotten away and hid. No, I think I think that was a prison because when he no. showed up, he killed the dude and then she said thank you. And like unlocked yeah. her from her own brain or something. Might have just been like he might have set all that up like you got to hide blah blah blah. It's it seems like a weird prison. Yeah. Like oh, let's put this super dangerous person on earth. Yeah, I don't know. Does doesn't seem very time lordy. I'm sure we'll find out, but yeah, I don't think we will see the master. I think the master is kind of outside of this division yeah. conflict with Swarm so and Azure. Do you think we'll see the Ruth Doctor this season? Yes. No. I think so. So do I. But also, uh, the new addition to swarm the passenger is fucking cool yeah i <laughs> That's fucking doomsday yeah that, he's the scariest fucking dude i have ever seen in this show and the fact that he says nothing is yeah. kind of just makes it worse <laughs> and I, i'm with terry the three outfits on those entities are amazing passengers so is great azure's mm -hmm. is great I liked her more in a dress rather <laughs> yeah. than her pantsuit, though. Nah. I loved... My favorite part of this episode was when Swarm, Azure, and Passenger are walking into the main room, the throne room, whatever the hell that room is. And another one of those pyramids comes flying up and goes, are you here to repair? And he just, like rolls his eyes really quick just goes yes <laughs> just like <laughs> seems so pissed like get the fuck away i'm in the middle of something it was so good just the way that actor talks as the character but i suppose i don't know the actor very well maybe that's just his type of acting 
it's just wonderful and devious and i love it i love it um, i love everything that's about his that job <laughs> we're still on that are we <laughs> we'll never sam what have we said it. about inside jokes <laughs> on the podcast Jake, i can't we should so have extra 40... 45 years ago when David Tennant had to be both regular doctor and like Lady Cassandra, I, I made the comment that David Tennant did a really good job playing two characters and Cody said, that's his job. He's an actor. <laughs> <laughs> and Sam has not let it go ever since. No one has. It's great. No, it's, it's just Sam. It's just Sam. I really liked the general in how he was a terrible person just uh yeah and just like a blithering dick <laughs> I told and just like it just like i can totally fucking win this war and then he goes out and then it just gets slaughtered and then he plays dead i think he was wounded to get out of because he came in he then came he... in with a wound no but the centaurans were well, walking around killing wounded so mm. he was playing dead yeah but then later to go and then blow up all of those ships that because someone else did that yes. too, right? Um, lady, what's her the the um? Uh, oh, uh, torch there. Yep. Mm. Cody. Mm, Sam. <laughs> oh, it was the um the prime minister. Prime minister. Uh. Of Malaysia. The actress is Penelope Wilton. But what was her? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was, which aliens was it? It was the Saraxans or something like that? Sycorax. Sycorax, yeah. The farty monsters. No. No, no those that, are the that was the Oh, it other... wasn't those? I thought it was those. I This the was Cicar- Tenet's first oh, it episode, was. wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Tenet's first episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so just that whole exploding back at the general saying that made me think of that episode and I felt kind of like gypped. I, I don't know. I felt like a repeat episode just with new characters. Hold on. Sam, is it okay if I ask a question? You're good. Uh, do we still say gypped? No. <laughs> is that oh, acceptable? Shit. Yeah, no. no, I don't think that is. <laughs> <laughs> It's so hard to be Terry. It is. is. I think it's fair, though, because if they left, they were coming back. Yeah. I mean, not necessarily. Yes. I mean, depending on how long the... It was their plan to come back. uh, ...shields were up, because that's the only way they got through was because they got in just before that shield... uh, (laughs) was set up right they weren't leaving the earth they were going back to a different time it was their plan to go back to crimea in 1850 they set it up so then are we saying that the doctor would have been stupid enough to be gullible to believe them that they would be leaving no the doctor knew she they were coming back she just did a parlay with them to get them to leave like that was the whole yeah thing she was was like an honorable step step a of a 10-step plan (laughs) that ended up you know, went Carvanista ended up taking care of it, so it didn't matter. But Deus ex Carvanista, by the way. Yeah, Jill, how about Carvanista in this one? Loved him. He's still the best. His entrance is amazing. Um, I loved all his quippiness of like, "Why are you my human?" Idiot. 
I also love Dan. Like Dan's just great, Dude. but the pair of them are phenomenal. Dan's a boss. Like he I have sorry, I have seen them called Dan Vanista on the internet. <laughs> yes. Dan shows up at home, sees that there's alien ships taking over his home, and he's like, Yeah, I'll go infiltrate that. Like, what a boss. He's meant to be <laughs> Uh, a companion of the doctor it's perfect running down the alley from all those stormtroopers i mean centaurans i said that cody i said that what i love about him as a companion is that he doesn't really give a shit about the doctor like he's not relying on the doctor he's not looking for the doctor yeah he's not trying to fix whatever is going on with the doctor he's just doing his thing he's doing I think the right thing partial it makes sense because he doesn't really know the doctor no. He is recording everything specifically for the doctor. Like, like, he's getting it back to her. He's obviously working in conjunction with her, but he's not, like, obsessing about the doctor. It's like, not like Clara, right. like, I need to do this to get back to the doctor and the TARDIS. Well, and it also helps that he's home. Like, yeah, a lot of true. the times we see people trying to get back to the doctor because they're on an alien planet. He's at He's in his neighborhood. I love the continuity of his parents coming down the alley with, like, frying pans, and then him maintaining <laughs> the walk throughout the entire episode. There that was must fantastic. have been a deleted scene in the first episode where we met his parents, because there's this big zoom-in reveal of them, and then him just saying, Mom? Dad? <laughs> like, it, it was it was clearly supposed to, like, we were supposed to recognize them, but whatever scene they had in the first episode got cut. Also, mm. speaking of the walk... Terrible pun. Oh, that's not oh, a terrible pun. Like so that's bad. that is how you do a pun. My eyes hurt from rolling them to the back of my head. That, that's that pun. exactly how. Yeah, that's... the best joke was the they're obsessed with Japanese food because they keep talking about tempura this, tempura that. <laughs> so bad. Every time there's a bad joke, I look at Alex. And I'm just howling. (laughs) Just howling. I love Dan, but I didn't love that. But I think it's a nice little, like, addition to his character. Chibnall can't help himself. If there's a male companion, he has to be a moron. That's <laughs> the only way Chibnall wait, can wait. write it. Are we just assigning people who use puns into the moron category? People that can't yes. tell the difference between temporal and tempura. <laughs> Oh, okay. But he's he's from Liverpool. But he has time traveled twice in like the last three days. Like that should be the thing on top of his mind, not Japanese food. He's very hungry. Speaking of the dog, Jill, my favorite part of Carvinista was when they got out of the water and he did a little shake to get all the water out. Yes. <laughs> I have so I have the episode playing in the background right now, just going through that is literally on the scene right now. <laughs> it is pretty funny. I did think it was a little weird. I like the little nod that him and Dan give each other even after they're like, oh, I can't wait to get rid of this guy. Like a little like, hey, be safe. But he goes through all of that to save Dan because he's still like species locked to him. And then the doctor's like, hey, Dan, you want to come? And he's like, yep. And then Carvisa's like, see you later, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Just immediately lets him leave after doing this whole thing to save him. What happens if like Dan dies? Do, uh, is he not species locked anymore? Does he get a new human? Is he free? He's widowed. Does he become he's, injured? He's, he's widowed. No, he has to commit Harry Carey. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't know. 
I feel like he gets a new human. That yeah, would be my all the time. I mean, there might be a mourning period, but then his like, uh, Lupari friend buys him a new human. Or does it like affect him? Like, what is his reasoning? I know he's species locked, whatever that means. What does that mean, though? Like, what happens to him? <laughs> I need we'll more. We'll find out when Dan dies. Oh no, Ooh. no. <laughs> Let's not but kill really, that they're, they're getting a new writer. And the end of a season and a new doctor, they're gonna do a whole new TARDIS team, aren't they? Yeah, but that's not for two more years. Okay, you say two more years, but it's for seven more episodes. Yeah. Seven more episodes. So I'm guessing, dur so during the BBC 100th anniversary, whenever that is in next year. That'll be Jody's last episode. I'm guessing we won't see who she regenerates into because the next episode after that will be over a year away. They've got to tease it. They've got to put it in. I think not if it's not if it's Hugh Grant. Everybody furiously Googling Hugh Grant. <laughs> right. Really? You don't know who you don't Hugh know? Grant is? I don't just know. Just jump out the window. I don't know You're names, in the basement, but man. climb up the window and jump out. <laughs> like, if I saw a face, I'd be like, yeah, okay, okay, fine. I'm going to go look he's, at his house. Face. Oh, that Hugh what? Laurie? That's Hugh Laurie. Oh, that's Hugh Laurie. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. Alex, it's your turn. <laughs> out the window. www.hughgrant.com <laughs> That's probably Hugh a thing, huh? Grant. Oh, man. Oh, he was in this movie that I watched once, and Jake thinks I should remember every detail of it. He was not just in a movie. He was wildly famous. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about Love Actually, by the way. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> if that's I the only Hugh now. Grant movie we've seen. Have you not seen... Um... Bridget Jones? Well, no. What's that bear movie everyone fucking loves? Paddington. Paddington. He's the bad guy in Paddington. And Paddington 2. Never no. seen her. Who the fuck has seen oh, Paddington? Oh, you guys would love that shit. No, I wouldn't. You, you don't know you what guys, I love. Not, not you. I'm talking to Cody and Sam. They oh. like children's movies. What? <laughs> Incorrect. Yeah. Anyway. Pod Baby probably really like it. Just the costume that Mary had. And just this like beautiful bright blue shawl. And then like this giant hoop skirt. And she's just trotting through like a field of corpses, like trying to find healthy ones. Like I just love that. Trying idea. to find <laughs> healthy corpses. Yes. <laughs> and, corpses. And, like, and then just like her, her phenomenal note taking and all of that. But then like when she's in the the spaceship with the doctor and Dan is on the screen and they're talking back and forth and it's like, Oh hi Mary. She's like, I have no idea what's going on. And it's like, I just love how That was good. Like pre-flowing she is with everything it's like all right i can i'll just go with it <laughs> this works well, the doctor instructing her like that bit of exposition where she has to like take her up to that hill and go hey you're really good at taking notes and staying up for a really long time <laughs> without much sleep and she's like yep okay do this like <laughs> just you don't have to explain it it's a tv show just have her just be like hey can you sit here and keep an eye on them and take notes gotcha yeah, I don't know what the point of that was. Well, maybe that was just a real-life quirk that she had. I believe it was, but it's a really shitty bit of exposition in a TV show. 
So would you say it's good with History. bad bits? History. Jill, who's your MVP? Mm. Are we here already? Sure, why not? I think it's Dan, John, whatever, whatever, whatever. John Bishop? Yep. It's him. <laughs> Again, I like I think it's writing. A lot of it's writing, but he played it very well. Like he was just solid. He was always like just his reactions were really good. I really liked him. Every time he's on screen, completely took over. Even though I love Carvanista, of course there are the moments, but like even through the Carvanista moments, I think Dan shined through. Any last thoughts you want to give about the story? No, uh, like I said, I really liked like the histo- historical part of it, and I think I got a lot out of that for not knowing anything about history. Um, Is there anything you want going forward? Like, Is there something that this story over the six episodes has to do for you to be like, that was a good story? Or are you just kind of like in it for the ride right now? I think I'm in it for the ride. Like, I'm excited to see, like, last week's, you know, trailer, in quotes, um, bringing forward, like, old monsters and new monsters. I'm excited Mm -hmm. to see how that all plays out, especially with the end. Like, obviously, the temple is incorporated somehow. Ooh, and the TARDIS. We didn't talk about the TARDIS. I'm interested. Like, I want to be sad about the TARDIS, and I am... But not too sad, because hopefully we get a new TARDIS. But obviously this, obviously Swarm, or whatever that species is, is doing something to it. Well, um, they said, Swarm said, that because of these Mori in the temple, because that was broken, time was spilling all over the place, and that's what was making the TARDIS sick? Ooey, gooey, drippy TARDIS. Right, and it seemed like when... He replaced those two with Yaz and Vinder. The TARDIS did suddenly get a little bit better. Like, the door came back, and she was able... I mean, it just took her to the temple. That is true. Sam, are we We are now close for questions. We are in the MVP area. Sorry, Terry. We'll get get to you, Terry. You can ask your question when it's your MVP (laughs) time. Okay. We're doing we're doing MVP and last thoughts. Alex, who's your MVP? Uh I'm gonna give it to Chibnall. I like I enjoyed this story. I thought it felt or ugh, I felt it flowed pretty well. Um it was you know, there weren't any slow parts. It it was a banger for me. What are you hoping for the rest of the season? Just more of these two episodes like i've i love both of them so far and i just want an entire season of that and it's it's feeling like you know like an episode of uh or a season of 24 where it's just like ah shit (laughs) and then like there's a cliffhanger at the end and then the doctor fixes it and then there's a cliffhanger at the end like i don't know why i just like that shit and i'm excited for it i'm here the complaints i've seen from some people are that they don't want this season to be like okay, this is the Centauran story, and then in the last 20 minutes we get some stuff about Swarm and Flux. And then next week we'll be like, well, here's Cyberman, and then we'll get some Storm and Flux, and the week after that is Weeping Angels, and then at the end we'll get some Storm and Flux. What's wrong with that? And then the very last episode will wrap everything up. I see no issue. Maybe they want Storm and Flux more with the Doctor, more interactive with the Doctor. 
they well, they want the Storm and Flux story to be the story for the whole six episodes, mm. but maybe there's just Are not enough story there. Storm or Swarm? Uh, I don't know. Can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah, I'm kind of with Alex. Like, I don't have a problem with that. Like, I was watching that YouTube, that live podcast with our friends at the Cloister Bell and uh, My Adventure Time and Space and the other ones. And uh, that's kind of the complaint they were having, which I don't understand why that's a complaint. That's what Doctor Who always is. And we get to see some fun stuff like some Tarns and Weeping Angels. I kind of like it because it makes it that much more interesting because you have two very well-written stories happening. It's not like they're half-assing it. But they're not exclusively different either. Like Right. Like they got in because of is, the flux. Yeah. yeah. It, and it's it, it's like you get to see the different aspects of what's being affected by the central story instead of yeah. one you know one at a time. Yeah, I don't hate it. I mean, think how many times we got an alien race where it's like, well, because of the cracks, this happened. And then it's like, okay, we'll figure out what the cracks are. Or like even earlier than that, during RTD's era, it's because of the time war, this happened to us, so we had to come do this. It's just how it works. Uh, Terry, who's your MVP? Oh, thank God. Um, <laughs> my MVP is going to be uh, Sarah God, Powell. people. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to forget my questions. Um, have a better brain. No. <laughs> it's called a phone with a notepad. But yes, it's Sarah Powell, Mary Seacole. She's the best. Anyway, uh, so my question is, is my math correct in nope. thinking that at the temple, eight of these women or beings, whatever they are, uh, two of them were burnt out or damaged, but then when swarm went and disintegrated one of them she looked like a pretty healthy one so then i felt like there was still two damaged ones left over and then like when he put uh vinder and yaz up there like there should still be one that's either wonky or it's just empty sounded Anyone like a else statement get that? <laughs> uh no but i think the answer is it doesn't matter okay but for the rest of this season, I'm really kind of hoping that this trend is going to continue on of that Swarm and Azure. I don't know how she says it. I feel like that's how she says it. I think she said um, it different a couple times. Yeah, she's got stuff in her teeth. Um, but she's like, they're going to be collecting everyone else from these storylines. Like, Die's going to end up in there and Claire's going to end up in there. And like, they're all going to be these new pyramid people oh, in the circle. Like, I worry. yeah mm. like that's that's kind of what i'm hoping it's just gonna be a collection and then the doctor is gonna end up having to fix all of these people or save them so all spending in order a lot of time on time or having yeah. or have that old dilemma like save all these people and or and let time out or control time and all these people are doomed kind of dilemma mm -hmm. yeah but she'll do it both yeah, I've got a question for you. Are we in a different dimension? Hmm. That's Jeez. a good question. I think so because yeah. time Flux, is talked yeah. about as the fourth dimension, right? So <laughs> that's not what I mean. Dimension has different meanings. Oh, by this I mean like a different universe, yeah. an alternate universe. I think so because the 
of this war, right? Yeah. Well, I think so because of the the different locations of time that are getting fucked with. Um, that's just one small thing. That's not what I mean. Um, I think when Carvanista took out the Centaurans in Liverpool, that negated them being Russians mm. <laughs> or whatever. Um, but what I mean is last season we met the Ruth doctor Chibnall kind of specifically said that's not an alternate dimension doctor that that is the doctor but we get little hints here and there in this story that this might be an alternate dimension. Kind of the big one in this one was Swarm saying um, that the Mori, like before the Mori started controlling time, time was just running rampant over this dimension. And just the specific wording of this dimension made it seem like it was different. But I don't know. It's a theory that's out there. Yeah. But if he if he goes back and says that Ruth Doctor is just the Doctor from a different dimension, I'm going to be pissed. Have some balls, Chibnall. Come on. Well, but he could have just been referencing the dimension he resides in, which is yeah, our I, dimension. I know. I'm, yeah. I'm just pointing out what people are saying, just seeing what you guys think. Yeah. No, I I don't think we're in a different universe. I don't think so either. What if it's what if it's just all Gallifrey all the time? <laughs> uh, a lot of people said that too. Yeah, I do really like when the Doctor says, "There's no such planet, or there's no planet called Time," and then Swarm just says, "And yet here we are." <laughs> like <laughs> I don't have time for your shit. Just like, <laughs> just believe me, we have stuff to do. <laughs> and that's why I fucking love him so much. <laughs> Cody, who's your MVP? Well, it's always it. It has always been. I can't fucking remember his name now. We were just talking about him. Swarm? But, yeah, right, Swarm. But every time I think about him, I can only call him Flux. Anyway, it's Chibnall, because I need to throw my two cents in. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Swarm. Like, Swarm is going to get it, but Chibnall needs his fucking time to shine, because these two episodes have been fantastic. Chibnall's killing it. Keep it rolling. When Chibno fucking fails, I know Swarm will be there for a nice little warm embrace. I'm going to hop into it at that nice point. Nice swarm embrace. A nice... <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good night. <laughs> <laughs> Cody, are you hoping for anything in particular for the rest of the season? I The only thing that I do not want to... like, I, I'm not really hoping for anything in particular. But I have a feeling this is going to end with a giant time rewind. It's just, mm. it feels like it's getting that thought myself. out of control and it's like on a massive scale of destruction and it's going to be a big heartfelt, well, fuck, I need to rewind this all the way back using this giant time planet and these weird, and it might take Yasmin's life to do it, except for it won't because she's in the specials. Um, You know who's not? Dan. Dan. Ooh. Fuck. Dan takes, Dan takes Yasmin's place. He's like, I've been in Liverpool long enough. <laughs> Liverpool's great. Go Liverpool. And then mentions their football team or something. I shouldn't say Dan's not in the specials. The only thing I know is that Jody and Mandip Gill had their last days of shooting on the same day. Like their last scenes were together. Dan was not a part of that. Mm-hmm. 
So maybe his last scene was just a couple days earlier. True. Who knows, man, with the order that they shoot stuff. But is there anything I want to see? I want to see a hundred more swarm. Or whatever the <laughs> hell their race is called. I want him to build like an Ocean's Eleven crew of boys. And then the doctor and companions just like go at it for three episodes of a finale. Like the rest of the fucking season. Did they say how Passenger showed up or he was just there? I they went and got him. But from where? Like another division? From where he was. Another division <laughs> prison? Like Probably. Probably. Yeah. I feel like I blinked and missed that because I don't remember when it happened. I just remember Passenger being this big fucking guy. Yeah, they never they never <gasps> oh, explained him. They just showed up and he was up. there. What if no. Passenger is dying? Oh, Get the fuck out of here, please. <laughs> you had to yell, oh, hold up for that. Well, yeah, <laughs> because at the end of the first season, like, yeah, maybe Azure like, oh, does I'm that. I'm going to have fun with you. Yeah. And then it was just like, we have this character. Oh, I'm going to turn you into a giant, cheap version of Thanos. Yeah. Uh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Sam, who's your MVP? Uh, Chibnall, obviously. Obviously. Great episode. Loved it. Anything you're hoping for the rest of the way? I am along for the ride. Let's do it. Let's see <laughs> what he has to bring. My MVP is... <laughs> Sam Spruel. She's warm. He's my favorite part of everything he does, and I only want him, and I don't want anybody else. <laughs> I feel like that's a song. So, I I was just thinking, how did... How did Yaz and Dan fall through time? Oh, uh, according to the doctor. Now, I'm not going to say this is definite because everyone does this and I hate it. Just because the doctor says something does not make it true. But what the doctor said is that the interaction between the flux energy and the time vortex energy that is on them from having traveled through the time vortex like is is just like making them fall through time to a different place. Interesting. It's all so so it wasn't so are are you thinking something from the planet time did it to them? No. Oh, so something else. Maybe division? No, I think it's I think it's probably just going to be what they said. There's just like the time energy from the swarm and the or the flux and the time energy from the time vortex just made them have a little glitch and they ended up somewhere. But then, but then Yaz shows up exactly where she needs to be, as well as Grey Worm. Oh, yeah, that's just shitty writing. Oh, well. Vendor. Right. <laughs> well, and Vendor ended up there just from the swarm. And apparently the swarm doesn't kill anybody. <laughs> like, they just go somewhere. Do you think we'll find out what planet Vendor comes from? Wait, how did Vendor end up there with the swarm? What are you talking about? He was in his little space station, and he used a the like escape, the escape pod. pod, but he got hit by the flux. And the Flux just put him there. Just like it put oh. our TARDIS team in. So he didn't He didn't just fall through time like Yaz and Dan? Well, I don't know the answer to that, but... Like, that's what I'm thinking. Like, what if the Division, run by uh, Time Lords, like, is just picking the people out of time and putting them where they need to be to defeat Swarm in the future? Bro... What if? Who cares? Yeah, that's, that's my theory, man. 
Okay. All right. The one thing I want from this season is I want Ruth Doctor to come back. I want her to be vindicated or solidified as a pre-Hartnell Doctor, not an alternate universe Doctor. The only problem with that is that if she's a pre-Hartnell Doctor, there's no reason for the TARDIS that she was in to have been shaped like a police box. So they'd have to come up with a reason for that. That's all. That's not unreasonable. Did you guys catch the line where Mary told the doctor she's like, the doctor introduces herself as the doctor, and Mary's like, that's a man's word. And she's like, (laughs) it's fluid. It's fluid. (laughs) I love it. It was good. And also, like, for a show that, or from Jodie Whittaker's point of view, in an interview she gave, she said in the first season, they very specifically didn't want to, like, address her gender very much. Just have her be the doctor, do doctor adventures. For someone that, like, that was the goal, having everyone in this episode call her doctress was kind of, like, <laughs> the antithesis of that. But that's the problem with time travel. If you're a woman or a person of color, you go back to any time pre-now, and it's going to be worse than it is now, and it's already pretty bad. Anyway, Alex, give me a song. <laughs> this is Bad Married to Who, our episode on The War of the Centaurans, I think it's called. Uh, if you'd like to listen to more of our episodes, you can do so on our website, marydoo.com. If you want to tweet with us, you can do so at Married to Who Pod. If you want to look at episodes that came out a few months ago, you can do so on Instagram at Married to Who. On behalf of myself, Jake, Cody Sam, Jill Alex, producer Terry, thank you so much for listening. Please join us next week for Once Upon Time. Beer, <laughs> <laughs>